Thank you once again for joining us. We pray you were blessed. Please don't forget to click on the other episodes to continue in your journey with us. Don't forget to also share and follow this podcast. May the good Lord bless you. the Lord. Somebody just be on your feet for a moment. Be on your feet for a moment. <laughs> Begin to speak in the language of the Spirit, somebody. Victories to be won. Give me power every hour to be true. Come on, sing unto him. There is a race I must run. There are victories to be won. Yeah, give me power every hour to be true. Somebody lift your hands unto him. Hey. I must run there are victories to be won give me power to be true one more time there is a race yeah Hallelujah. And there are victories to be won. But all we need is divine power, divine enablement to be able to run the race successfully. And that is all we need, oh Lord, this morning. That we'll be able to run the race set for us. Be change agents, oh God. Man tabra. Keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me true. Oh, keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me 
have your seat and uh, if I can have one keyboardist remain there for me that would be awesome <clears throat> we want to bless the Lord for yet another awesome day in his presence and every time we come to the Lord he has something special for us and therefore I believe that God has something special for you hallelujah Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to, before we begin, take this opportunity to once again, on behalf of my wife uh, and the entire Badu family, uh, to say a really big thank you to all of you for your love, for your support, for your prayers, and your commitment and participation, even to ensure that the final celebration of life of my father went on smoothly. Uh, we are still going through the list, as I tell you, it's a huge book, <laughs> trying to call everybody to show how much we love you and appreciate you, uh, but let me take this opportunity uh, officially to again thank all of you, and we pray that a good Lord will bless you abundantly. I was telling somebody, even if you rise up from the blessing, may the Lord push you back into that blessing, even in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, shout a big amen to that. Hallelujah. We have been... Trying to delve into the word concerning change agents. Change agents. And we began last week talking about the urgency for us to acknowledge the fact that every single one of us as believers are by virtue change agents. Agents of change. We live in a world where it seemed to be that the post, I call it the post-post-modernistic view it's kind of overshadowing the purposes of God concerning his own created universe. And it's because many believers are just sitting aloof, indifferent, unconcerned, as if eh, nothing matters. But the fact of the matter is we were called to become change agents. And therefore, we encourage ourselves last week of that knowledge that we need to understand that we ourselves are a product of change. Scripture says he took us from a place of dark into a place of light. That we will proclaim the praise of he who has called us by virtue of that we have benefited. Or we have benefited from that element of change. We also talked about the fact that it is the intent, the very purpose of God. When we read from our very scripture, Ephesians 3, 8 to 12, talking about this is the intent of God concerning the church. That the manifold wisdom of God may be made known to principalities and powers and systems that is in effect bringing change. What it is is if the church has one duty, it is to proclaim the name of Jesus so that his power, his wisdom, his dominion will be made manifest to systems, to principalities, to authorities, to this world order so that in all things Christ will be preeminent. Oh, shout a big amen to that. We also learned that this is our identity, and that is what we ended with last week. But he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the, word, of the world. I made a fact that it is an affirmative statement, not you shall be or you will be. But by virtue of you being a believer, a Christian, your identity is light. Your identity is salt. Oh, shout hallelujah, somebody. So when I walk in a place, I need to see myself as a salt element. I need to see myself as a light element. What does it mean? If there is darkness and I walk in that place, boom, voila, there should be light. If there is bitterness and I walk into that place, boom, voila, there should be pleasantness and sweetness. Why? Because that is who I am. I matter. I'm a change agent. I pray that as we go through these series, even throughout this month, the Lord will convict our hearts, prompt us change our mindset and mentality to understand who we are in Christ Jesus, a change agent, a change 
agent. It starts from your own family. It goes to your community. It goes to where you work. And it transcends to the entire universe. These Christians are going to be, I mean, are going to be risen up, so to speak. Change their mindset and mentality. Begin to understand who they are and begin to execute the mandate that God has given us. Boy, there will be change. Oh, I said there will be change. Hallelujah. You see, the things are going on in your home for so long because you have not recognized in your own self that you are a change agent. Some of us, God placed us in our family to bring change. Yes. You think you are the only one that God just said, oh, this guy is beautiful, he's pretty, he's what, and then I'm going to just endow him with this grace, this gifting, this position, this whatever it is. It is because you have been chosen to become a change agent. We can see that in the story of Joseph. We can see the story of David. We can see the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah's story is interesting. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. He says, I'm just young. I can't even speak. How am I going to stand in front of all these old men and women and proclaim your word? I can't. And scripture says, and the Lord touched him with a hand. And the lips turned into the power that declares the oracle of God. We pray that this day and the weeks ahead, the Lord will cause us to be the same, even in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. But this morning, we are delving into the subtopic, staying relevant as a change agent, or remaining relevant as a change agent. Now that we know who we are, it is important that we remain that way. To be relevant basically means to be pertinent. That's another word for relevant. It means to be applicable. It means to matter. It means to be of importance in a particular circumstance, situation, or an affair. That is relevancy. It means that in a particular period when we place you there, you are going to matter. And if we take you out of that place, everyone sees the difference. So praise the Lord. Have you worked in a workplace where um, CEOs and managers are trying to formulate some uh, strategies, SOP, things like that, and then, you know, they bottle it out all and, ah, come on, man. Where is George? Right? Put your name there. (laughs) Where is Christabel? Where is Sam? Where is who? And the only reason they are inquiring is if you were there, things would be different. Oh, I prayed that for somebody. I prayed that for somebody. Somebody is not even receiving. Take your hand up and say, I claim it in Jesus' name. See, that is why they fire some of us left and right. Because they're looking for people to give the pink sheet and, come on, man. Sam, come on. Oh, Isaac, come on. But I bet you there are some people that are indispensable. Because they know who they are and they walk in that authority. They manifest who they are in Christ everywhere they go. So they no, 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 you can't touch Isaac. Your group manager says, no, no, if you take this person out, the whole group dissolves. Why? Because everything, by virtue of the grace upon your life, revolves around you. I am praying that we become those people. Even in the name of Jesus. Uh, I said, in the name of Jesus. Somebody that is responding, I'm sure you just want to be that mediocre person at work. But God says you are excellent. Don't just live anyhow and just be part of the ordinary. You are peculiar. And I pray that that consciousness will fill our minds so that we walk in that purpose of who God has made us to be, even in the mighty name of Jesus. To be relevant, applicable, appropriate, fitting, appropriate for that particular situation or current situation. In this post-modern world, as I call it, there are people sitting here in this pew that the Lord is waiting for us to matter. 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 When we speak and people are like, boy, that is wisdom. That is wisdom. We go to places and we proclaim the word of God and minds are changed. Because we are change agents. We carry the unction of Jehovah God. When you read scripture, I said it last week, that even from the beginning of creation, the intention of God was to bring change. The world was void and formless. Yet the Holy Spirit was hovering around. Why? Because there was still potential in there. And then when the word says, let there be light, boom, voila, change. Darkness turns into light. 
And that light, Jesus, is the life of men. And that light lives in you and I. So when I walk into a place of darkness, there ought to be light. There ought to be light. Don't sit anyhow and let things go around your, your family, your communities, your workplaces, amongst your friends. And yet, you carry light. It's just impossible. Therefore, we pray that we remain relevant, applicable, where people talk about us. Those Christians, yes, because we carry the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. When you read Hebrews 13, 7 to 9, Scripture says something very poignant here. And I just want to read this 7 just to give it a little bit of context. He begins by saying, remember your leaders, Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who speak or who spoke the word of God to you. And consider the outcome of their ways of life and imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. We did a little bit about church history a couple of months ago. And when you look at every single man or woman that God used, every single vessel, you realize that they had a peculiar personality. They had certain things and certain ways that they did and went about their life and walk with Christ Jesus. And so here, the author of Hebrews is saying, consider those people who spoke the unadulterated word of God to you, those who demonstrated and manifested the true image of Christ. And as you look at them and you study about them and you perceive them, imitate the way they lived and made a difference even in their generation. Why? Verse 8 makes it clear. Because Jesus Christ is the same what? Yesterday, he's the same what? Today, and he'll be the same what? Forever. Oh, somebody, you might want to say it with some passion. Jesus is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he'll be the same forever. So when somebody tells you in this contemporary world, yeah, church does not mean this, you know, tell them you don't know what you're talking about. They are only saying that because many of us are sitting aloof, unconcerned, indifferent. And failing to demonstrate the power of God that he has deposited in us. Jesus is still relevant today. Just as he was relevant back in the days. And he will be relevant forever. He changes not. But the agents of Christ need to portray this scripture. That's it. So that we don't let this world consume us. And sometimes we feel swallowed up. What is in the news is something so filthy. Christians are quiet. Ah, I pray for a new revival in us. Hallelujah. The God who raised men and women who say, I proclaim Jesus who was relevant yesterday. Jesus who is relevant today. And Jesus who will be relevant forever. I proclaim him. Then we will begin to see change. Why is it that they have so much power and audacity to shove stuff down our throat? And we can even proclaim the name of the Lord. But every leader, as the author of Hebrews says, that has spoken this word of God to us, had a unique identity. They knew they were change agents. For that reason, imitate them and follow their ways. Oh, hallelujah. How do we then begin to engage in this discourse? How do we stay relevant? Number one, know your calling. There are six elements here that I pray that we go through. And then we will enter into a time of prayer. Know your calling. I have written here, one cannot minister effectively unless they effectively know their ministry. One cannot what? Minister effectively, unless they know effectively their ministry. Luke 4, 18 to 19. Jesus, who came down with a purpose, with a mission, with a ministry, says this. Gospel of Luke, 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why is the Spirit of the Lord so powerfully 
upon me. Why did he anoint me? For a reason. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives. He has sent me to bring recovery of sight to the blind. He sent me to set at liberty those that are oppressed. And finally to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. People will say that is the manifesto of Jesus Christ. Yes, that is the mission and purpose of Christ coming down here in human form. He had a ministry. He had a purpose. And so when he went into the temple, and though he was quoting Isaiah, because every scripture written is about him. And so all that Jesus was doing was confirming who he is and what he's here to do. And so he flipped to Isaiah and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Just in case you guys are not aware, I am here for change. And that is why the Pharisees just couldn't tolerate him because they were satisfied with the status quo. Remember we talked about last, last week, those who are change opposers, those who are change affectless, those who are change averse, averse. They don't want anything changed. We like this, we like this. Anything goes. Jesus, uh, 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 uh. I'm here to bring change. And by virtue of that, my Father and the Spirit have anointed me and my purpose here on earth to bring change is from this day forward, there will no longer be poor people. Why? Because I'm preaching the gospel. From this day forward, brokenheartedness will be healed. From this day forward, captives will be set free. From this day forward, blind people will receive what? Sight. From this day forward, the oppressed, those in shackles of the enemy, will receive liberty. From this day forward, the name of the Lord, acceptable year, will be proclaimed. Purpose. Know your ministry. Look, you are sitting there, you're an evangelist, but you have no clue. I've said this jokingly before. Many of you wonderful, forgive me, my wives and women, who gossip, because men also gossip. The real deal is you were born an evangelist, but the enemy wants to turn that gift into gossiping. If you were to just tweak it a little bit, and instead of gossiping about people, you gossip, you gossip about Christ, you are an evangelist. You are a gospel. What did you say? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Allow the Spirit of the Lord to use you. No, your ministry. Don't sit at PRBC pews. And come every Sunday and listen to Pastor Carl or elders preach and go back. No, there's a reason and a purpose why you are sitting here so you'll be edified. And when you walk out of this four square box, you proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. A revived church to possess the nations. Don't stay in this box. Oh, hello. Let me repeat that. A revived church. Who wants to possess the nations? They don't stay in this box. Because this is not the nations. The nations are out there. And I'm praying for that revelation. That everywhere you go, you know that you are the church. At your schools, at your workplace, in your communities, you are the church. You represent Christ. And therefore, you demonstrate the power of Christ according to to your ministry. When you read Ephesians 3, 8, the one that we just read, I just want to repeat that again. Ephesians 3, 8 to 12. We read that last week as well. Paul making sure that the people knew why he was called and what he's about to do. He says, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, he may have considered himself the last, not even worthy to be called one of the apostles. But he says, grace was given me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches and to make all see. See how he's in alignment with what Jesus has manifest to us? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has, what, anointed me to preach the gospel. Paul is saying here that grace was given me that I should preach amongst the gospel. The unsearchable riches of Christ. And then he goes on to say, to make them all see, Jesus says, to bring recovery of sight to the blind. What is a fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of ages had been hidden in God, who created all things through 
Christ. Mystery hidden in God through Christ. So those who are in Christ knows the mystery. Or better said, ought to know the mystery. And that's you. And that's me. Hallelujah. And what is the mystery? That the intent of God is now. Oh, somebody say now. Oh, say now. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by who? The church. That's us, family. The intention of God is we will make his wisdom, and he used that qualifying word, manifold, plenty, abundant, sophisticated, the mysteries that we still need to dig deep and find and then bring it out for the world to know that, boy, we serve a living God. That manifold wisdom is given to you and I, the church, to proclaim. To who? Principalities. Powers, add some systems, governments, my family, my community, those that are here and also in heavenly places. According to the eternal purpose, verse 11, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. All that I'm saying in all that the Spirit of the Lord is telling us this morning is know why you are here. Know why he called you from darkness to light. That you will proclaim the praise of him. That you will be a change agent. In your little corner, you are that change agent. In your family, you are that change agent. Don't sit aloof. In your circles of friends, when your brothers and sisters are struggling and going through certain things, be that change agent. Don't just sit and let them fall and then, then, oh, look at her, look at him. No. Bring change. When people are speaking in certain language, you are the one that God has placed there to turn the language around. When circumstances are in chaos, you are the person that the Lord is looking at that you bring tranquility. Change agent. That is your ministry. Someday we'll do a topic on how to find your calling. If a prophet of time, we will wrap it up here on that. Number two, be familiar with the issues at hand. This is more practical. And offer a biblical worldview. Offer a Christian worldview. Know what is going on in a generation. It's important. It's important. In order to effectively bring about positive change, one must familiarize himself or herself with the issues at hand. What is going on that needs change? What is going on that needs restoration? What is going on that needs to be fixed? What lies are being told that needs to be refuted? Know what is going on. In our dispensation, there's a lot going on. And so Christians can act as if we're living in some bubble. And nothing else out there concerns us. Oh, no, it does. Because when a law is enacted, believe it or not, it affects you. It affects me. And so when you are familiar with the issues at hand, then you'll be in a much better place, position, to be able to address them. Speak into that issue Address questions that may be brought to you. It says, be ready to answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Be ready to answer. When somebody questions you, why do you think this way? Why do you believe this way? Be ready to give an answer. Not an answer that says, Pastor Carl or Elder Susu and so said it, but an answer that is, I am convinced of whom I have believed. An answer to every question. In other words, be an apologist for Christ Jesus. Oh, somebody say, I want to be an apologist for Christ Jesus. Ah, say it with passion. I want to be an apologist for Christ Jesus. You speak Christ unapologetically. You give an answer in defense of your faith. So in 1 Corinthians 7.1 and many other places, Paul will say, concerning the things you wrote to me. All right? When you look at the epistles of Paul, he was always addressing issues that were going on. So here is one example. It says, concerning the things you wrote to me. Here is an answer. Here is a Christian worldview. Here is a Christ-like worldview. Here is a biblical worldview. So that when we speak, we don't speak as the world speaks. We speak by virtue of the knowledge of the word of God. That's us. That's us. Every single issue as believers, change agents, must have an answer that corresponds to a biblical worldview. Sometimes it's sad that the way the world is going is the way we also talk. 
Be honest with yourself. And some of us are even more <laughs> become, you know, pseudo-apologists for the things of the world more so than the things of Christ. But here he says we are change agents. Be familiar with the issues at hand. And begin to offer a biblical worldview. What it means is you got to know the word. And what the word says concerning a particular situation. Let me repeat this church. This year when we, even before this year, 31st night. The revelation and the vision and the passion the Lord gave us was that we were delving deeper and soaring higher. And then he says we should remain in him. Because as we remain in the vine, we'll be able to do everything. I'm here again to challenge every member of this church. As long as God grants me grace and I'm still your pastor, that we will not sit aloof. Let me speak to somebody. Please listen to me. I said, as long as Christ tarries, and as long as he grants me grace to be your pastor, we will not sit aloof. And so if, if you've been sitting aloof for so long, you've been swarming the pews, you feel like you not have nothing to do in this church, there should be a change of mind. I said, there should be a change of mind. Because we can be a revived church. You know what revival is? You are so passionately burning inside that you can't even find, like, oh boy, what can I do? That is revival. And then sit in this box. If we are not careful, we'll just explode this box. We'll just blow this place apart. But God wants us to be out there, touching lives, changing destinies, healing the brokenhearted, proclaiming the gospel. That is our purpose. That is our purpose. So at your workplace, you are the nurse. You are the church nurse. Proclaim Christ. Don't talk so kindly with them. You're talking, oh yeah, I think it's true. Well, you are a change agent. The other day, one of the aunts was giving a testimony about her workplace. And she says, all that she says is, I'll keep praying for you. And then next couple of months or so, she comes in. The person that was smoking, I don't know, X packs per day says, oh, now for whatever reason, I've minimized it to like seven sticks per day. Can you imagine if she keeps proclaiming, keeps imparting? By the time she realizes, zip. And that person who should be a six-pack chain smoker has now become a child of God. That is our mandate. That is our mandate. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number three, as we go through quickly. Be passionate about kingdom agenda. <laughs> Hallelujah. What it means is be kingdom minded and demonstrate kingdom mindedness. Have a kingdom mindset. It says you are a royal priest to the holy nation. God's own special kingdom. Special people. He has brought you out of darkness into the kingdom of his son. In this kingdom, we are change agents. And for that reason, be passionate about the agenda. In Isaiah 6, 8, the prophet writes, even though he was writing about the, the, the coming Savior, he says, also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. This morning, who is lifting his hand says, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Passion. Passion is a free will that propels and drives the inner ability into an outward capability. Passion. A free will that drives and propels the inner ability that God has given you into outward capability. You are so passionate about things of God that you can't sit but to do as the Lord tells you to. And it's manifested in the physical. People say, boy. I don't know where he gets his energy from. I don't know where he gets her energy from. Hey, it is from the power of God. His word is so shut up in my bone like fire that I can't stop but preach it. That's what the prophet will say. Passion. And what passion do you have? Passion according to the agenda of the kingdom. Let me, let me, let me read this thing to you. Many, many years ago, D.M. Lloyd-Jones, those of you who follow some of the giants of the 
uh, of the faith. Lloyd-Jones made this statement. He says, the most vital question for all Christians is this. Have they a soul's thirst for God? Let me repeat that. The most vital question for all of us, including myself, is this. Do we have a soul's thirst for God? In other words, you are longing so deep, yearning so much of God, that if you can get God, even in a second, if you can have him propel you, edify you, push you, mandate you, commission you to do all things God, then we need to question you. It's what the man is saying. 1872, D.L. Moody. How many of us heard the name D.L. Moody? God bless you. So if you heard Moody Institute in Chicago, this is D.L. Moody I'm talking about. The account goes that he went to a morning devotion somewhere in Wales. And back in the days, they just sat in, you know, on the park. And they had all these, um, uh, they call it hay. You know, they rubbed the hay and then they sat on it. And as the preacher was preaching, the next person sitting next to him says this. Let me quote it verbatim. He says, this world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and in a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to his will. Somebody was saying, this is 1872, saying, oh my God, I'm sure like I'm preaching now and you're sitting with your spouse, your friend, and you say, oh Lord, this world has yet to see the mighty hand of God at work. And this person is quoting, the world has yet to see what this mighty God can do with, can do for, can do through, can do in the man who is fully and wholly consecrated to his will. And so, Moody just heard it and yeah, kind of brushed it off like sometimes we all do. Becomes churchy speech. He didn't take it to heart. Years later, he goes to London, happens to find himself in Charles Spurgeon's church. How many of you have heard of Charles Spurgeon? Oh, how many of you have heard of Charles Spurgeon? Pierre Abizi, how many of you have heard of Charles Spurgeon? Go and Google Charles Spurgeon if you're in this church and you don't know who I'm talking about. I'm serious. And you'll be amazed by how God used this man. He sits in his pew and then by the virtue and <laughs> the grace of God, Spurgeon repeats the same exact quote. Same exact quote. As though the old man in Wales wrote something and told him, hey, Moody is coming to your church, so say the same thing. They have no, this is years later. And so right there, the account says the Spirit of God hits Moody like a brick of ton, a ton of brick. And then right there he says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am that man. The rest is history. Moody became one of the most influential, relevant evangelists of our days. Building Moody Institute, where many of us and many great men receive theological education. What am I saying? It takes one man. One man. Listen, church, Pastor Carl is just one man. And in virtue of our church, I'll be probably transferred in no time. Most of the time, we're looking for better methods. But God is looking for better men. For that matter, better women. Because we don't work for him. He works through us. Through us. For that reason, set yourself apart. Whatever God does on earth for his glory, but he does it through men and about men and for men. God does all that he does for his own glory, but he does that through men and about men and for men. Typical example, why would Jesus come in the form of man? Because he has to come through man. And why would he die for us? He did it because it was about men, our salvation. Why? So that we will also become sons and daughters of God. That is the purpose of God. It is always about us. Using us to fulfill his glory. Call from darkness to light. So we will proclaim the praise of he who has called us 
men. Better men. Not necessarily better, better methods. I pray that you and I will be those men. Oh, hallelujah. I pray that you be that better woman that God can use. That God can use. That God can use. In the great house, there are so many articles and vessels we read last week. 2 Timothy 2, 20, 21. Wood, clay, silver, some dishonor, some dis, uh, of honor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, set himself apart, you're part of the duty, then he will be a vessel of honor. And who will do the next? God will sanctify and use you for the master's work. Prepared for every good work. Set yourself apart. Lord, I am ready. I am ready, Lord. I am ready, Lord. Use me, oh God. I am ready. Ready to work for you. I am ready, Lord. I am ready. apart. If any man will set himself apart, cleanse himself, is what the New King James says, then I, the Lord, will pick him up, sanctify him, purify him, prepare him, and he or she will be of good use for the master's work. Set yourself from that crowd of people that always keep you going into the dark shades because you are a son and a daughter of light. And your purpose is to be a change agent. Not only that, but a relevant change agent. Don't be like the people of Israel. Says, How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? This place, I can't even preach the gospel, oh, Pastor Elder. This place, when you say X, they say Z. So our song, but how can we sing the Lord's song in this strange land? We can, we, 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 for me, I'm going to heaven, so I'll just sit and go to heaven. Sing the Lord's song in a strange land. And watch the mighty hand of God transform lives through you. Set yourself apart. I am here to challenge somebody, church. Don't sit and warm the pews in PRWC. There is so much in you. To be just warming pews in this church. But he says he's looking for better men and women to use. That's you and I. That's you and I. Lastly, you can stay with me here. Maintain your saltiness and keep your light lit at all times. Maintain your saltiness and keep them lights lit at all times. What am I talking about? Integrity. Remain in who you are. Staying true to yourself. As the songwriter says, keep me true, Lord Jesus. Every day when I wake up, just wash me, cleanse me, sanctify me. When I leave my house, I want to represent you from head to toe. Keep me true. Maintain your saltiness. So, Matthew 5.13, the verse 16 says, well, let me do 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, you see, that's a question. This is who you are, but what if you lose your identity? What if you lose your integrity? What if you lose your oomph? What is if you lose the properties of your element that makes you who you are? Then he says, how shall it be seasoned again? It will be good for nothing but be thrown out and trampled by men. God forbid that man will trample upon us. Oh, because he's given us power and authority that we rather will trample upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the powers of the enemy, he says, nothing shall by any means hurt us. 
We are the salt of this earth. You read, um, let me share this story and then we will pray. Lord have mercy on us. Kings, second uh, Kings. And then we'll talk about the rest next week. Second Kings chapter 2, 19 to 22. Second Kings. Background to the story is the man called Elisha has not received the anointing from the man called Elijah. And crossed the Jordan and coming back because Elijah has said that unless you see me go up, this double portion of anointing that you're asking is not going to come. <laughs> That's another topic though. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unless you see me go, that which you ask will be difficult. But if you see me go, it will come upon you. In other words, serve me till the end. And that which you desire, the Lord will bring it to you. 19. Then the man of the city said to Elisha, Please notice that the situation of this city is pleasant. Look at that, the description. Everything seems pleasant, good to the eye. As my Lord can see. But the water is bad. And the ground is barren. On the physical, everything looks great. But the proof is in the pudding. The water is bad. And because of that, there is barrenness, unfruitfulness, lack of growth, lack of revival. And then Elisha says, bring me a new bowl. Oh, hallelujah. Fetch me a new bowl. We're not, we're not going to do things the old way anymore. Because if that would have worked, the land would not be barren. We've we got to reset according to kingdom principles. Fetch me a new bone. And guess what? Put in salt. Put in salt. We just heard that you and I are the salt. God is looking for vessels that he can endow with salinity. The oomph, the elements that make you who you are as a salt, so you don't lose your saltiness. Fetch me, new bowl, put in salt. So they brought it to him. And scripture says, then he went to the source of the water, the source of the problem, the source of the issue. There are times where we put band-aids on stuff, band-aids, and we pacify ourselves in the presence of God. He went to the source, ripped the band-aid off, says, I'm going to salt you up. Because that is the source of the barrenness. That is the source of the unfruitfulness. You're sitting here. I pray that the Holy Spirit convicts you that you will come to the realization of the source of your lack of revival and your lack of passion to do things for the Lord. He spread the salt there. And then he proclaims the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. Oh, hallelujah. And from it, there shall be no more death or barrenness. And scripture says, so the water remains healed to this day. According to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. Change agent. There were plenty of prophets in Jericho. Who knew that the salt, I mean, knew that the land was barren because the water was bad. But all they could do was sit. And though they could discern to know that, hey, Elisha, your master is about to depart. They could discern. And so they kept saying, hey, do you know your master is going to depart? Do you know your master? They could discern. They have that. But they failed to bring a change to that particular situation. Somebody rise on your feet. Be on your feet. Be on your feet. Shall we lift our hands up unto Jesus? Oh, Lord, we thank you. 
We're moving away from stagnation to an overflow, Lord. That is your purpose concerning us as a church. I am ready, Lord. I am ready, Lord. Hey, you speak. I am ready, ready to work for you. We are ready, Lord. Hey, we are ready. We are ready, Lord. Jesus, 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 be all God. I am ready. Lift those hands up unto Him. This is you. Be selfish about this prayer. Forget about who is next to you. This is you. This is our first prayer topic. Lord, change my mindset. Change my mindset. Change my mindset. I am tired of religion. I want to have a relationship. I am tired of self. I want to be for you. I want to grow from one level of grace to the other. This can't be what you have for me. This can't be the best you have for me. If it is all about coming to church and going home, then this can't be the best. There should be something deeper. And therefore I pray that you change my mindset to seek the deeper things of the Lord. Open your mouth and begin to pray somebody.
wants us to be true to our identity, to be the salt of this world, to be the light of this world. Now, wherever we go, oh God, we will proclaim the name of Jesus that will bring change into our environment, bring change into our communities, bring change everywhere we go because we have kept our integrity as a salt and the light of this world. If there is anything that contaminates us, if there is a bushel, bushel that covers our light, we take it off in the name of Jesus that we will remain relevant even in our generation.
That is our desire, oh God, to be a relevant and effective change agent. Just to use us, oh God, for your glory. Tony Evans once said, even as we wrap up here, says, you will rarely see what God is willing to do in the secret until he sees what you are willing to do in public. Hardly would you experience the mighty things that God is doing in the secret concerning you unless you are willing to do those things in public. What is he talking about? He needs a change agent. Go and signs will follow you. It is a set and signs will come chasing after you. As we go, as we do, as we proclaim, signs will follow us. And we sit and we have the audacity to ask, how is it that we don't see signs? Have you gone yet? Have you availed yourself yet? Don't you know that you have a healing grace and Pastor Perot does not? But you are sitting. You are sitting. Ah, mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. A change in our lives, Jesus. That is the demonstration of revival. Turning from our old stagnant ways. Bursting forth from the water that gives life. That's who you have called us to be. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Let's be silent for a few seconds here. Masa brandere. Yes, Jesus. Hmm. We are not secret agents, we are public agents. We don't sit and hide under the bushel, we remove all the bushels and let our light shine. Wherever we go, there ought to be change. Because that's who he's made us to be. This day forward, may you conscientize your mind that that is who you are. Irrespective of how you see yourself in a faith, God has a purpose and a plan for you. All he's requiring is your availability. Set yourself apart. Pursue more of the things of the kingdom. Be passionate. About the things of the Lord. And he will fill you up. As a matter of fact. He has already filled you up. You just need to allow him to activate himself in you. Take all glory mighty God. Take all glory king of kings. Who are our mine and us my friends and my brothers. That you would call. Specifically purposely. From filth, from darkness, into the kingdom of your son. It is for a purpose. That through us, oh God, you will glorify yourself. All you do is for your glory, but you do it through men, for men and about men. Though we may be looking for better methods, you are looking for better men and women. This morning we avail ourselves unto you. With a changed mind and a renewed heart. Feel us, use us, reveal the purpose of our calling. May we be relevant in this generation. May we be relevant amongst our friends. May we endure the shame and the scorn, but still proclaim the name Christ unto generation. We're not ashamed of the gospel, for to us we know is a power that is able to transform minds. Power that is able to take people from death to life. May we, oh God, go with this fervor and this revival of our hearts that we'll be able to do exactly as you have called us to do. Proclaiming and manifesting our true identity as change agents, believers of Christ, Christians, having kingdom mindset that your name will be glorified in every place that you place us. And everywhere we find ourselves. That at the end of it all, your name only will be glorified. Revive your church, oh God. Take us out of this box. 
and take us on to another level. Now this box will be full and then we will go and bring more and they will go and bring more and they will go and bring more. Touching lives everywhere we go. And we believe that as we go, you say signs and wonders and miracles will follow us. Let it be this day a memorial of a change of mind and heart that everyone sitting here aloof and indifferent will begin to shake it off. Ah, shake it off in the name of Jesus. Know that you are not old, you are not too young, you are not too dumb. Whatever you call yourself, the Spirit of the Lord resides in you. And he's ready to use you for his glory. Let this day be a memorial that we will see a difference in our walk and journey with you, in our ministration, in our work. What is it that you are using us to accomplish? Let it be according to your specification and to your own glory. We bless you and we thank you. Remaining relevant in this dispensation as agents of transformation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray you were blessed. Please don't forget to click on the other episodes to continue in your journey with us. Don't forget to also share and follow this podcast. May the good Lord bless you.